Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I've come that they may have life and life to the full. I wonder what you think of when you uh, hear that verse. Maybe you feel like you're not really experiencing life to the full right now because so many of the things that you're familiar with have been taken away from you. Or maybe you feel like, actually, this is exactly what I've hoped that life would be. Well, wherever you find yourself on that uh, spectrum, we're going to be looking at that verse in a few moments time. Uh, But my name is James and I'm part of the team at Grace City. It's great to be with you. I wish we could see you. We can't see you uh, right now today, Uh, but it is good to know that we are together. Um, uh, It's probably a good thing I can't see you because I can't see if anybody's napping or anything like that. But uh, this whole thing should, uh, this whole message should only take about 15 minutes. So hopefully you can track with us for uh, that long. So I'm going to be carrying on our series looking at the I am statements of Jesus from the Gospel of John. And today we're looking at the statement, I am the gate. What does that mean? I am the gate. Well, Hugh kicked us off a couple of weeks ago looking at when Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. And back in that time, there was like for for most people, bread made up like 70% of their diet. So it was such a staple for them. So when Jesus said, I'm the bread of life, like they realized, oh, that means that Jesus satisfies the deep cravings that I have and that he provides for my daily bread. And then uh, Ola carried on uh, last week for us looking at when Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And he, and he provoked us with this question. He said, how could Jesus, who is the light that leads to life, be shining his light through you into a world so desperately in need of it? And I hope that you were provoked by that question because I realize, I think that I am the light of the world is the only I am statement of Jesus that is followed up by a you are, that you are also the light of the world. And so as you reflected on opportunities that we have in the current climate and the context, the situation that we find ourselves in. I hope you're finding opportunities to shine that light uh, to the world around around us. Uh, There are so many opportunities at the moment because COVID-19, it's definitely not a good thing, but God is working lots of good things out of it because that's the kind of God that he is. He takes good and he turns it into bad. He takes what others meant for evil and he works it for good. He's the God of the turnaround. And so we want to participate with him in that. So I'm the bread of life. I am the light of the world. And today I'm the gate. But what did Jesus mean by that? I am the gate. Well, I wonder if Jesus had to come today, whether he would have used some different metaphors that made sense to us in our context where we are. Maybe he would have said something like, I am like Netflix, that those who enter through me find escape and adventure. Maybe he would have said something like, hmm, I am the inside of the barrel of a wave, that once you've tasted of me, you will pursue me with all your life. Maybe he would have said something like, I am a Chargrill Charlie's chicken burger meal. Once you have partaken, you will know fullness. Maybe he would have said something like that, or probably something a lot more profound. Well, whatever he would have said, and whatever he did say back then, we kind of need to understand what's the context of the time that he is saying these things. And also, in the verses that we're looking at that you just heard in that video, uh, what was happening in and around those verses at that time? So in in order to understand what was happening in chapter 10, we kind of need to know 
what was happening in chapter 9 just before it because don't get fooled by the chapter numbers or by the text headings that are in your Bible. Actually, chapter 9 and 10 are one in the same scene. It's the same group of people. It's the same key players. It's the same crowd. It's one scene, chapter 9 and 10. So Jesus here in chapter 10 is saying, I am the gate. Well, what happened in chapter 9? Well, Jesus encountered this guy who was blind from birth. He'd never seen a day in his life. And Jesus meets him and he does this really strange thing. It's one of my favorite miracles he performs. He spits on the ground, then he makes some mud out of the saliva and he puts it on the guy's eyes. Now you get arrested for something like that nowadays, but puts mud on the guy's eyes. Then he tells him to go wash in the river. And as the mud drips away from the guy's eyes, light comes flooding in for the first time in his whole life. And he can see shape and he can see form and he can see the outline. It's like an incredible miracle. It's it's one of my favorite miracles we read of in the Gospels. And people who have known this guy for decades are like totally flawed. They cannot believe what Jesus has just done, how he's totally turned this guy's life around. It's astounding. It's an incredible miracle. And then the religious leaders who are around, they're called Pharisees. They give this guy a super hard time. Like they grill him with questions. They grill his parents with questions. They're questioning his integrity. They're questioning his identity. They don't believe his story. And in the end, they get so frustrated with him. They beat him and throw him out of the synagogue all because he encountered Jesus. It's crazy. And off the back of that story, Jesus obviously feels the need to clear the air about who he is and what he came to do. And that's when he says, I am the gate. And far from being like just a gentle pastoral encouragement or explanation, like Jesus is directly confrontational. He's very intentionally controversial in these words. So let's pick it up in chapter 10, verse 7. It says says this, Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. Now, hopefully you guys uh, would have seen that in the video that just preceded me coming up. Uh, now, uh, what happened back in those days is that a shepherd would take their sheep out to pasture, sometimes for days at a time, and they would stay overnight with their sheep, particularly in warmer months. And uh, there were these makeshift kind of sheep pens that uh, were made out of rocks piled on top of each other to make these walls. And the, the shepherd would lead the sheep into the enclosure through this kind of opening, an opening that didn't have a gate on it. And so the shepherd would literally sit in that opening and he would lie down at nighttime in that opening, sleeping there and becoming the gate for the sheep. That's kind of what was happening. And what Jesus is saying here and saying that I am the gate for the sheep is he's saying that it's through him, through him that his people will find security, that his people will find protection, that he will keep them from feeling scattered and from being scattered. Like that's important to remember in the time that we are right now, because in many ways we feel like we have been scattered. We're not able to be together. And although like we do love our gatherings and we're looking forward to getting back to them. And although we really appreciate the technology that we have available to us to enable us to do this sort of stuff, we need to remember it's not dependent on those things. Jesus is the one that keeps us from being scattered. And we have a place of belonging that isn't dependent on technology or our gatherings. He's given us a place of belonging. But the Pharisees, like they were unhappy about that. And they gave this guy a really hard time because he was claiming that he had encountered God apart from their systems and structures. And they weren't happy about that. They wanted to be the way by which people encountered and experienced God. But Jesus comes and he says, no, no, no. There is no other way 
There is no other means by which you can encounter God except through me. I am the gate. Then he says in verse 8, All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. Thieves and robbers. He's talking about two different groups of people right now. So he's talking, there's, there's actually at the time, there was this whole throng of what, what I'm going to call messianic pretenders, people who were pretending to be the Messiah because lots of people knew the Old Testament scriptures, the Old Testament prophecies, that there was a Messiah who was coming. And so there were some people who were claiming to be that person, claiming to be the Messiah, claiming to be the way. And Jesus is coming and saying, I'm not an, another one of those pretenders. I am the way. And like, it's important to realize Jesus is the only one who has ever predicted his death, burial and resurrection and actually pulled it off. Like that's really significant to remember in light of the claims that Jesus makes about himself. He's the only one who did that. And so Jesus is talking about these pretenders, but he's also talking about the Pharisees themselves, the ones who gave this guy such a hard time because it wasn't through them that they that this guy experienced God they were trying to rob him of his testimony they were trying to steal his experience and his encounter away from him by questioning it they were trying to lead him astray and so Jesus calls them thieves and robbers then he says this in verse 9 he says I am the gate whoever enters through me will be saved they will come in and go out and find pasture So Jesus is saying here, like, just in case I wasn't clear already with what I meant by saying I am the gate, that in the same way that it's through the shepherds that uh, the the sheep find a place of protection and might find a place of belonging, so too it is through me that my people will find eternal security and protection and safety and something that keeps them from being scattered in the same way. But then he's also saying, as it is through uh, the shepherd that the sheep go out to pasture to be nourished, so too it is through me that my people will be nourished and provided for as well. So there's this kind of dual promise that Jesus is giving to his people here. He's saying, I promise to save you and I promise to sustain you. I promise to protect you and I promise to provide for you. And again, like that's a really big claim. And it's important to remember how big this claim is because it is super significant. And then in verse 10, Jesus says this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full like that is a pretty stark comparison that jesus is making between himself and between the thief he's saying one is about life in abundance and one is about ruin it's not like he's saying well there are some other things that are just slightly lesser versions of what i'm offering you here he's saying like the two are totally different they couldn't be more different i was over here in a conversation with two people talking the other day about a, one of them had a, a, a Kmart product that was a knockoff of another much more expensive product. And they were both looking at this. I think it was a bag saying, oh, look, it, like, it's basically the same thing. It looks the same. It does the same thing. It was just way, way cheaper. And I think like, that's how some people think of Christianity. They think, oh, like all the world religions, they're all pretty much the same. Maybe one is slightly better than the other, but they're all basically the same thing. But like Jesus is saying, that's not the case at all. He's saying it's not the case at all. In fact, you know, some people say, oh, well, like, yeah, Christianity makes a lot of good claims, but like there's lots of other good stuff to experience in life. And, you know, you can take or leave what Christianity says. But Jesus is saying, no, like one will lead to life in abundance and eternal security. And one like, is not even worth considering 
It's like it's a total worthless counterfeit and it leads you to ruin. And that's a pretty dramatic thing that Jesus is saying. There's another version of the Bible that has this um, explanation for verse 10. It says, but I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. I love that. I love that. Life in its fullness until you overflow. So what can we take home from all this? Well, if you are watching this right now and you would call yourself a Christian, you'd call yourself a follower of Jesus, I've got a couple of questions for you. One of them would be, is Jesus the only gate in your life? Is he the one that you're coming to, not just for eternal security, but for for fulfillment, for, for nourishment, for rest, for your provision? Is he the one that you're coming to for those things? Because in saying I'm the gate, that's what he is saying. Another question I'd ask you is, have you just treated Jesus like a ticket to heaven? Is that all he is for you? You know, like when you uh, book a ticket to see some artist, when you book a ticket to go see some band play, maybe Taylor Swift or Coldplay or U2 or insert artist here, whoever it is, sometimes you've got to buy those tickets like years in advance and you keep them, you know, in your virtual wallet, in your Apple wallet or something like that until the time comes around for you to cash that in and be able to gain entry to that thing that you wanted. Well, I think some people treat Jesus like that. Like, I'm just going to store him away until the time comes that I really need him. But that's not what he wants. He's come not only to provide eternal life, but life in abundance. He wants to be involved in every area of your life. And it's for your good and for your joy that you do that as well. He's come and asked you to join him, to partner with him in the renewal of all things. He's got more for you than just being a ticket in your virtual wallet. Sometimes when I go surfing, I say grace before I jump in the water. It might sound like a weird kind of religious thing. It's not out of religious duty I do that, but I need to remind myself at times that I want to bring Jesus with me into every area of my life, including when I go surfing, because he's there anyway, and like he provided for it anyway, and it's, it's like for life abundant that he gave it to me. So I want to remind myself that he wants to be involved in every area of my life. He's come to give life eternal and life abundant as well. And if you're not a Christian here today, maybe you aren't sure whether you're a Christian or perhaps you're sure you're not a Christian. I just want to provoke you and say you have to do something with Jesus. You you have to do something with Jesus. You might say, well, like he seems like a a good guy and I I get that, uh, you know, he he definitely lived and walked this earth. No serious historian uh, doubts that Jesus was a real living person who walked this earth. And so maybe, yeah, he was a a real person. But I'm just not sure that he is all that you're saying that he is, James. Well, I would say to you that either he is all that he says that he is or he's nothing at all. He's not even worth considering. And you might say, well, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like he seemed like a good guy. He said some good things. He did some good stuff. He seems a reasonable person. I'd say no, like he hasn't left that option available to you, actually. He can't just be a good person because either like if you consider the claims that he made about himself, either he was like this evil monster who has led billions of people throughout history down a dead end of broken promises. Maybe, maybe that's what he was. Or like you can't take any of his claims seriously because he's an absolute nut job and you can't believe anything that he says. Or he's everything that he said that he is, including the gate to 
eternal life and life in abundance. So my question for you is this, who do you say that he is? What will you do with Jesus? Because he's not just another pretender. He's not. He's not just another pretender. He's the gate that leads to the Father. He is a faithful friend. He's a wonderful counselor. He's a prince of peace. And he is the gate through which we experience life eternal and life in abundance. And so like in saying that he's a gate, he sort of left this metaphor open to us to get to choose. What gate am I going to choose? Or which door am I going to choose? A door that leads to ruin or a door that leads to life eternal and life abundance? It's a red pill, blue pill question for us. And so my heart and my prayer for you is this, that you'll choose Jesus, that you'll choose him, that you'll recognize that he's the one who has come to give you a place of belonging. He's the one who has come to provide for your every need. He's the one to secure your eternity with him. I'm just going to pray for us. And then we're going to get to worship again in a few moments time. So please stay with us till the end of this stream. Yeah, God, I want to thank you that you are all that you say that you are. Lord, thank you that there is no sense in doubting uh, any of the claims that you made because you did die, that you were buried and that you then rose again to life. Lord, you've conquered sin and death and we can trust every claim that you've made. Lord, I pray that we would learn to trust you, that you are the way, that you're the one who secures our eternity and provides for our every need. And Lord, if there is anyone right now watching this who's not sure about where they stand with you, Lord, I pray that as they seek, as they knock, as they ask, that you would make uh, yourself found to them. In Jesus' name, amen.